Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money, I'm Glenn James and today we're doing an episode for those who are new to investing. This episode is for anyone and the assumed knowledge is no knowledge. We're having a basic chat, Um, if you are a little bit more intermediate or advanced, I'll be honest, you won't get that much value out of this episode, so move on, I've given you the day off, all good. But uh, this is a beginner episode about investment terms and just about how the world works with investing. Uh, We've got John Pigeon. Hi, John. Hi, Glenn. And Shelley Johnson from My Millennial Career Podcast. Hey, Shell. Hey. What's coming up with My Millennial Career? We are doing a few episodes launching season four in October, and we're talking about culture, toxic cultures, new jobs... Surviving probation, all the things. Love it. John, you're a, uh, a podcast host of the My Millennial Property Show. Nice. Uh, what do you got coming up on My Millennial Property? Look, some high-profile guests on the way, Glenn. We've uh, got a lot of interesting topics that are going to be all for the advanced investor is the focus for the next six months. With a tilt to property. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Given it's Heard My Millennial name. Property. Yes. yes. <laughs> hey. Just wanted to make sure. Yep. And I will say this episode is brought to you by the book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. And some of the things we talk about uh, will be in the book. We're not going to touch on it too much, but if some of these questions come up, I'll refer to the book and show these guys right in front of their eyes. Thanks everyone for listening. And if you think this has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend. Let's get into it. All right, so I've got some random lists of share investing terms. Now, we're not talking about property investment terms. We might swing back around and do that another time with John. So, I guess before we start, Shell, what's your experience with investing in shares, investing? Zero. Okay. So, I just put extra money into my super and I don't do any investing at all. Right. Well, you do. You invest into your super. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you. So I'm advanced. So basically, yeah. Yeah. And John, what's your view of the world with share investing and and all that stuff? I love it. Contrary to people's views on this maybe for me personally, I've always invested in shares. I haven't said that I've done it very well, but I've I take an interest in it just because it's easy and liquid, and my my spare change can go to uh, that asset class. So yeah, I've continually done that. Um, it's still a, a smaller proportion of what I invest, but it mm. is there. Yeah. Well, we might start. I'm just going to say some terms over the next half hour or so, and we're just going to chat about them. I'll explain them. So. John, I might start with you and then Shell, you can have a think about this one as well. If I said, what is the ASX, what would you say? What's the ASX? What does ASX stand for? 
Starting with me, yes. I would say the. I was looking at Shell. You changed the order. I, I would say the Australian Stock Exchange. Sure, and what would you say, Shell? I would say the Australian Stock Exchange as well. You're both incorrect. Ah. Oh. It's the Australian Securities Exchange. Ah. Oh. Oh, right. Yes, I did know that. Well, so. there we go. I so. only know, like, the reason I would even think about it is because I think about ASX two hundred. Yes. Which we will get to. Do you want to get to that right now? Go for it. So, w- what is the ASX 200 shell? Uh, the top 200 performing companies, is that right? No, technically no. Oh. John, what's the ASX 200? And I'll explain why. I would, I would say the largest, top 200 largest turnover companies. No, I would probably say no as well. It's the top 200 companies listed on the ASX in terms of market capitalization. So I might give you both some uh, credits there for that. So, Shell. Are you point scoring, by the way? Because uh, maybe in my John head. and I want to know who won, who's winning at the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be zero all at the end. <laughs> all right, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, point I'm gonna score. point score. Um, so I'll, I'll give you both partial credit. I mean, technically, Shell, you said the top performing companies. You could have a top 200 company that's the biggest dog on the planet, but it's a big company, so it still makes the index. John, you said the top turnover. Mm. Does the top 200 companies have a bigger turnover than the next 200 in line? Probably, but strictly speaking, we're talking market capitalization. And what does market capitalization mean? That's a good point. So capital is almost like asset or cap. So if I've got capital to invest... I've got a heap of money, which is value. So if we say market capitalization, the capital value of a company is if you had a company with 1,000 shares and each share is worth $1, that company's market cap is $1,000. So the market cap of Apple is, I think, like over $3 trillion, which is bigger than the whole GDP of Australia, which is the gross domestic product. So market cap is the size of the company if we add all the shares up and what that's worth each day. So do you see companies go in and out of that 200 list often? Uh, Yes, uh, it doesn't happen too often. So, you know, we are talking about uh, the index, the ASX 200 index, and we can talk about what an index is, but effectively... Every, say, three months, the index would get rebalanced. So if there is a company that uh, has got bigger than the 200th company, that means that 200th company might now be 201, which means it's out of the index. You're out. Why should I care about who's in the ASX? (laughs) It's a good, good yeah, <laughs> let me get. I just let me write down this first. Oh, and I'm going to do well, John and why Shell. Why do I care about finance? Like <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I, the only reason I kind of come across it in my industry is we want to know what the best company, best performing companies are doing from a HR yeah. Yeah. perspective. But I, from a financial perspective, why yeah. do I care? Can I answer that after we talk about what an index is? Great. So. John and Shell, I've actually just given you both one point to start with. Great. Okay, so... Can we go into minus points or...? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> For incorrect answers. <laughs> For dumb, dumb yeah. questions as well. Okay. That can go in there. Or silence. <laughs> so, and maybe we do someone jump in 
And whoever get jumps in first has the first right okay, to answer. Okay, name, buzzer. Yeah, your name is your buzzer. Okay. So what is an index? John. <laughs> uh, look, I would, I would say it's a group of something. I was going to say that too. I just didn't get my name in there quick enough. Sure. So <laughs> this is going to be a long bloody game. But basically... Remember back in the old days, you used to have your mum and dad, you know, if you're over 30, they would have had the index of all the different phone numbers, like next oh, to the phone. Like the address book. Yeah. yeah. So, an address book or an index is just a collection of certain names. So, the top 200 ASX companies, there's an index called the ASX 200. Now, Shell, you said before what does it matter? Well, it matters because people want to know, you know, as a pulse check, as I put my fingers on my throat, each day those companies are valued and move up and down in terms of value. By collating the top 200 companies, we know that that's a good barometer of what the entire market did for the day, if that makes sense. Mm. So it is important to know that the top 200 companies because they are literally the biggest 200 companies in Australia, if the market did really well that day, on balance, all the companies probably did well, on balance. Right. And without talking financial advice, mm. is it fair to say that if you put your money in one of those individuals or collective, yep. that it's safer than something that's further down the barrel? Yeah, so that then leads into diversification. Mm. And we know that if I put $1,000 in Commonwealth Bank shares, I've only got $1,000 invested in one company, one industry, and one country, okay? So, we know that's better than investing $1,000 in Glenn and John's startup lawn mowing company that's number 3,000 on the ASX, because we've got no track record, mm. you know, we might not be around next year, we only do lawns, we've got no scalability. Yeah. So we know investing in the top 200 is better than investing in the number 3,000 company. Mm. However, you can actually buy an index. So there's companies that have computers that automatically look each day at the algorithm and you put $1,000 in and they'll spread that over the top 200 companies. So if you put $1,000 in an index fund that's the top 200 or the ASX 200, you've got $1,000 in 200 companies. And we know that's better than $1,000 in CBA because in the top 200, you'll have exposure to different sectors and so not just banks. You'll have exposure to different companies because a lot of those companies might do a lot of work overseas you'll have access to a lot of different management styles. And so you can just see that there's more diversification. Now, the index is actually weighted. So for a point, does someone want to yell out what that means, a weighted index? When we say an index is weighted, and I'm talking about uh, W-E-I-G-H-T, so Glenn James 92 kilos weight, uh, and I've lost five kilos since April, so you're welcome, everyone. Cheers. Oh, cheers. cheers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that the expression? Yeah. Is that through exercise, eating, or stress? Uh, probably not exercise. Uh, more I've just been conscious about overeating. Hmm. That's great. Thank you. 
So, well. Can't outrun a bad diet. You can't. <laughs> oh, dropping truth bombs. Shell. Yeah. I'm just, this is a guess because I feel like John took the last one, so I've got to take this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you put your thousand bucks in. Yep. And then the fund determines where to put it based on their discretion. And so it might put it into one particular area more than heavily. <laughs> no. So I'm, I'm shaking, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> but I'm just going to keep going. Yep. <laughs> It's convincing. <laughs> yeah. It's very convincing. I think about yeah. like weighted yeah. results in exams and yeah. that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, so – and this is really great and this is why I wanted Shell and John here just to have this open table conversation. <laughs> and just to make Shelly look like, like a fool. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> like, like I'm just going to say right now, if you're listening and you don't like what you're hearing, please stop rather than – putting a post in the Facebook group going, I was really <laughs> underwhelmed with that episode. He's probably already done it. Oh, man, yeah. Um, so – Do you want me to have a uh, – Have a go? crack, John. I don't really know the answer, but I would say we give everything a weighting or a performance um, and we put that in order of uh, maybe performance-based weighting, right? <laughs> so – if, Glenn's if, nodding, so you got a good. You got. Yeah, oh, I, I, my not, nods don't mean anything <laughs> now. I'm not sure how how I'm explaining this, but it's just you. Everything's um, categorised according to something, and and the weighting is from high to low. Um, ish. Mm. So in my book on page 164. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is all the promoting. No, it's not. It's, it's not. I seriously. <laughs> I'll read from my book. So if you want an example of my audio book, this is what it's going to sound like. Indexes are usually weighted. Imagine if you had $10,000 split between two bank accounts as follows. $7,000 in CBA, $3,000 in ANZ. You make your own weighted index, which tracks the banks that you use and call it the My Bank Index. Your index would have a weighting to CBA of 70%, and to ANZ of 30%. So it's weighted as per the categories or the weight to that stock. So, Shell, if you see that table there, you can see the top 10 companies in the ASX 200 and their weighting. So how much is CBA in that list? 7.9. 7.9. And just read out some of the other num- names and weightings in that list. BHP is 7%. West yep. Farmers is 3%. Macquarie Group, 2.75. ANZ, 4%. Sure. So who's given that weighting to those companies? By market cap. So it's automatic. So we know that the top 200 companies are worth X. And, and you can see in that list yourself, John. So if you put $1,000 in the ASX 200, you would have $79 or whatever it is. Mm. What's that there in ANZ? 7.96% CBA. Yeah. yeah. So if you put $1,000 in the ASX 200 index fund yeah. and they invest as per the index each day, right. you'd have $79 automatically in CBA. Yep. So the individual hasn't chosen it? No. The the fund has. Yes. Yeah. So there we have it. So that's that's how a weighting works. So an index is weighted based on the market capitalization. And this could change. Like during the mining boom in Australia, BHP was 12%. But now uh, because you know banks have had a run, you know, CBA's almost 8%, BHP's only 7%. So if a company grows, 
like Afterpay got shot into the top 200 index yeah. because it got bigger. So it just all cascades down. So every three months, the index is adjusted. adjusted. Yeah. So they're judging the weighting on the past performance. Nothing to do with performance, market capitalization. Market cap, yep. So how much is one share worth? Again, this company has a, a thousand shares. Each share is worth $1. The market cap of that company is $1,000. If overnight that company still had a thousand shares, but now the shares went up in value to two dollars, that company is now worth two thousand dollars. But but isn't that in a way performance? Like if a share goes up in value, now a share can go up in value because uh, one people think it's worth more. So remember that specy that I bought last year and went through the roof just for no reason, just hype. Maybe they knew you bought it. Yeah, yeah. but. If, for example, a company had some retained earnings and invested in a new printer or a new bit of equipment that they could produce more widgets and sell, we know that company is worth more because of the future value that it can create. So, as a non-investing person who is, you know, doesn't know anything, do I need to worry about this? No, and and that's why, quote unquote, Shell Johnson, as a non-investing person, do I need to worry about anything? This is exactly why with your investing, you don't wake up and say, I'm going to put all my money in the CBA stock. You're going to say, I don't really care. I'm going to buy a portion of the ASX 200 index and the market will just do its thing. And then I don't have to worry and about you don't it have because to worry I don't. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. Side question. Yeah. How long have indexed funds been around? Look, the ASX 200 index was created in the year 2000. So- Indexes have been around for a long time. Um, the index in the States, and we can get to them, you know, they've been around for years, mm. like... Um, like 40, 50 years. Oh, longer. Yeah. Indexes have been around forever. But because technology has enabled us as humans to do cool things, basically, if you... In, and this is why index investing is really cheap, because... Shell, you give $1,000 to uh, beta shares, for example, who's a fund manager. And that fund manager beta shares, they've got computers that invest your money automatically to the weighting. And then every three months, the index will change. Now, and here's the, the difference. The index might change and then the investing company beta shares might only update their index every six months. So you might get some discrepancy, but you're only really paying for a bit of their technology. You're not paying any skill level because there's no skill level. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it's computerized. Yeah, mm. yeah. So do you want to move on? Yeah. Is Hit this, us with our next question. Is this helpful, Shell? It is helpful because, I'm, you know, this is like, it's blank slate for me. Yeah. I have no idea. So, Well, let's keep with um, some popular indexes around the world. If I said the all odds, what is the all odds or all ordinaries? Shell. Go, Shell. <laughs> it's the thing that pops up on the bottom of the screen when I'm watching the news. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Is that, a, is that a point? Uh, sure, you can have a point for that. <laughs> John, all odds. It's the all ordinaries index. It is. Mm. And what does that track? It tracks an index of, of funds. Yes. And, sh- and, com- and companies. Yep. Through Europe. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the All Ors is an index. It sits on the ASX, like the ASX 200, but it tracks the top 500 shares of Australian shares. Yes. All right. What is the S&P 500? And for bonus points, where is it located? Salt and Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Shoop, that's a song by yeah. Salt and Pepper. Anyone want to jump in there? S&P 500. No So idea. we've just talked about buckets of companies and, you know, 500 might give it away because the ASX 200 is the, the top Australian shares, 200. Mm. Uh, okay. So the S&P 500, it's an index out of the United States called the Standard & Poor's which is a research company. And if you are interested in charts and indexes, uh, you can go to smpglobal.com. It's a really cool website, everyone. So that tracks the top 500 companies in America on any exchange. So again, the news, when you see at the bottom of the screen, all odds, X amount, you know that's an indication of what the Australian share market did, the top 500 shares. And there isn't that much difference between the top 200 and top 500 when you see the S&P 500, that's the top 500 shares listed on any exchange in America. Right. Mm. Now, bonus point, the Dow. Have we all heard of the Dow Jones or the Dow? Yes. Any, um, anyone want to jump in and say what that is and where it's located? And I don't expect that you, either of you to know this, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you both a bonus point if you tell me what country well, the Joneses. The jo- <laughs> we're acing this. If this is an Where exam the, for like our employment or for, you know, like university, we'd be doing well. There's an um, architectural, like Dow Jones in Australia. There's an, there's like, they do beautiful fittings for houses. And I know of that yep. company. Yep. It's spelt a little differently sure. though. So the Dow Jones is the top 30 companies in the United States on any exchange. Mm. So, you know, again, there won't be a huge difference between the Dow and the S&P 500 because the top 30 companies are big whales anyway. Mm. So, let's just uh, round this off. So, that's a point to me. Sure, have a point. <laughs> and Shell, you can have two for John being <laughs> cheeky. Um, oh, I said America. Sure. Uh, does anyone know what the NASDAQ is? That's in China. You are so wrong. <laughs> I think it's in the States. And yes. Like, is it something to do with, um, uh, I've, I feel like something Car security nope. wise. Yes. Um, That's NASCAR. Similar to. Um, the Dow. Yes. Yes. I'm going to give you two points, Shell. Oh. Hold on, Shell. So the NASDAQ is the National Association of Security Dealers Automated Quotations. Wow. And that's an exchange in the US. So it lists companies in the States, but primarily tech companies. So for example, the New York Stock Exchange is a stock exchange where people can go and trade stocks. And next door down the street, the NASDAQ is an exchange as well. Right. Now, the Dow Jones tracks the top 30 companies on any exchange, where the ASX 200 just does the ASX 200, the companies listed there. Mm. But the NASDAQ um, is just that exchange. Okay, question. So, if I was going to- And all companies, sorry, on that exchange. So, if I was going to invest, can I- 
like, oh, you can't recommend, obviously we don't want to give financial advice, but if we think about the performance of businesses or market capitalization, would I be more interested in globally what's happening or focus on local? Yeah, that's that's, that's a really good question. Um, and it go, it does go back to um, we've got to diversify. Mm. So what does diversification mean? It means we want different sectors. We, we, we both could have answered that question and got <laughs> a point. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Deserve a point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's actually go there. I want both of you to think of as many factors as possible to do with share investing that could be diversification. Uh, country where the business operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Industry. Yeah. Supply and demand for that. No. No. You're shaking your head. No. <laughs> I, so what what do we need to diversify? How can we get? How can we spread those eggs as far as possible? Oh. Yeah. So you've got to look at. Um, geographically is, is one, you've got to look at the industries, you've got to look at the, the sectors within those industries. Yeah. Yep. So for example, John, you might say agriculture. So you might go, well, we're going to go farming bread and butter, and then we might go ag tech within that. But they're, they're going to be the big ones. So your country, the industry, and also currency, we want a diverse across different currency. Uh, you might look for a diverse range of um, people and culture at a board level. So, you know, we just don't have all old white men, mm. you know, we've got... So, it, but within that, you want different companies within each sector as well. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, part of the shell, we'll use your example, you want to invest $1,000. From this discussion, we're not just going to go put it in CBA shares. Mm. We're going to go, okay, well, let's go to the ASX 200 to spread that over 200 companies. Now you can buy shares in what we call an ETF, which will have exposure to international shares as well. So your superannuation that you're automatically putting money into, it's got it's called asset allocation. And we might jump in there and say, and I'm leading the witness, if I said to you, Shell, what does asset allocation mean? What do you think? No idea. Okay, John? Well, it's basically just where you're putting your funds. Yeah, so it's basically, I'll give you a point because I'm a nice guy. Um, <laughs> asset allocation is how are we allocating Shell's $1,000. Do you mean like if I choose a high risk yep, that's part profile of it. or something? Yeah, so asset allocation covers growth and defensive. So growth means it's a higher chance that it will grow over a period of time. Defensive means it's more safe. So asset allocation does include that split, but within the asset allocation, it's going to include different countries, different types of investments. So you might have property might be in there as an asset. So basic diversification. Yeah. 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 So thinking of my example then, Mm. I've deliberately just gone, I'll put extra money into my super because I know that I'm ignorant of this and I just don't think about it. What would be the reason I would, instead of going through super, like why would I want to take control of this myself? So are you talking about whether it's in super or not in super? Yeah, as in uh, take that investing control and put it and do an index fund instead of going, rather than trusting that my super provider will just do that for me and I give them more money to do it. Yeah, so when we talk about that kind of question, 
it really has nothing to do with investing. It goes back to what's Shelley's goals first. So you might have an extra hundred dollars a week. Now, do you need that in three years to, you know, put a new rumpus room on the house? We're keeping you up, John, are we? Mm. Early start. <laughs> yeah, I did get your text at 5.07 a.m. Um, <laughs> so it goes back to goals. So we know that, okay, I've got $100 a week free. Do we need to save up and put a rumpus room on the house in three years? Awesome. Well, we're not going to invest that because we're just going to save cash. And if we were to invest it, if we want to save up in seven years and take the family to Disneyland when the kids are old enough to remember... Sure, we might invest that in our own name, but we don't need to invest that in superannuation because it's locked until you're age 60. Uh, okay, so the strategy is it, it's, yes, that makes perfect sense now that you're saying that. Yeah, so you've kind of got to walk the garden path. Like I've got X amount free per month. What do I want to do with it? Mm. Do, you, do you think ETFs have made share investing a lot easier for people instead of just having all these options at their disposal and just throwing their hands in the air like Shell said and just throw it into super. Yeah, it has, but coupled with accessibility. So we've got apps now like Raze, Spaceship. um, And seriously, guys, for those listening who want, if you are more of a visual learner, I'll get Rach to put in the show notes, the videos that I did um, with Vanguard, just so you can understand how investing works more. And there's no cost for that. So, should we move along? Mm. Is this been just so fun? It's great. No, I'm learning. It's it's taking me on the journey from the beginner journey. to, you know, a little bit more beginner. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned before about the TV, like come growing up along the bottom of the TV screen, S&P, Dow Jones, like... Still don't have a clue. Still don't have like, I don't have mm. a clue. So basically it's a pulse check of what the entire market did or a big chunk of the market. Mm. So if you open the news and it says, here are all the indexes and the last one that I've covered here, just to complete this, have you heard of the FTSE? No. Have you heard of the FT? No. China? No. Somewhere around the world that's not Australia? Yes. An index? Yes. Top 200? No. Hundred. Yeah. So the FTSE or the FTSE is the Financial Times Stock Exchange 100 Index. It's the London Stock Exchange and the top 100 companies. So yeah, so you can see that there's a variety of indexes and they've always been there. So we can get a barometer of what markets are doing. And you know, you've, there's different world indexes that have, you know, different percentages. So it's just a pulse check. This is what these uh, bundle of companies have done. But with the ETFs, the technology in the background has allowed fund managers just to track those indexes automatically. Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. So would you think that Shell and I are a cross-section of community in respect to understanding what they do and where they are and how they perform? Yeah, I mean, there is a, um, you know, and this is why I wanted to do this episode because there are people that um, are new to investing and just want to have a basic chat. Like when I do the campfire chats with Vince, you know, we'll talk for two and a half hours and we're just not stopping explaining what the Dow is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. I think there's a, it's important to demystify it because for me, even just talking to you, John, my natural thing is oh, I'd rather just go with property because I understand a little bit more. Like, and I, it makes sense to me as opposed to, all the technical terms and I'm like, 
market capitalization. Like, mm. I don't know. Index funds, I don't know. So I just, the, the like fear for me has always been, well, I'm a bit ignorant of what I don't know. And so I'll just do this, the option of. Well, what- okay. So here's a thought exercise. And actually we'll do the thought exercise after the break. So we'll be right back, everyone. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. I've got to say, thought exercise is the only type of exercise I like to do. (laughs) That's right. I'm sitting next to John and thinking, I'd rather just do like, you know, my thought exercise is enough for me for today. So that's right. We are back. And um, we're going through a thought exercise and we won't, we'll assume that you have $500,000 to invest and you want to buy your investment outright. Okay. So you could buy a house somewhere for $500,000 with cash and own it. So my question, and I'll ask Shell this, what do you think is a riskier investment? Investing $500,000 into one house or $500,000 into 200 companies through the indexes, what we discussed? Oh, I think... Well, this is funny and the irony is I haven't invested in shares before, but I would think the property would be a higher risk. Mm. Why is that? Because if anything happened, so I remember a friend of mine who invested in a mining town, bought, ended up buying the house outright and it went to crap because once the mine wrapped up, there was no work and so the mm. supply demand wasn't there for the house. And so that's my reason. Mm. Cool. John? Assets work, people don't. People make the mistake. So I would probably say shares. Is more risky? Of, no, no. Okay. Sorry. The, yeah. Because of the diversification. Mm. Um, but I know what I'd do. Yeah. Yeah. So would you, because you have the knowledge of, of the property market really well, you would put it into property knowing it yes. would do well. But if you were just an average person like me who doesn't know much about property either, you'd put it in shares. Well, on on the basis of diversification only. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also one step further, this is a really, you know, and again, the whole reason why this book was 95,000 words because I covered stuff like one of the risks that you don't think of with investing is liquidity. So if I said liquidity shell, what would... You um, having cash to spare? Is that what you mean? Having cash available? Yeah, which is true. But a if I purchased five hundred thousand dollar house over there, and even if we assumed that we got John to do the research and bought in a good spot, and then our five hundred thousand dollar share portfolio, we know that shares are more liquid. So if there was something that came up and you needed $50,000, you could go on tomorrow and sell down and have liquidity of that money. 
but you can't just walk in and sell a house tomorrow. Yeah. Or I can't just sell part of the house. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I see. So li- liquidity, and I talked in the book about, um, I used some examples of airports as an investment and, you know, listed airport versus one that isn't listed. So when we look about diversification into liquid assets is also a factor as well. Yeah, that's a really good point because now I'm visualising just selling off like one room of a house and yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> you can't do that. But it makes perfect sense if you need that and go, I'm just withdrawing 50K. Mm. Mm. So it's just a really good thought exercise because do you think before you s- sat down here today, if I asked you that same question, would you have said property would be less risky? I would have just said property because I feel like I have more knowledge of that, mm. which is, you know, and that's the the whole discussion, right? Like mm. how do we build up our knowledge to be able mm. to have the choices and know which ones are up for us? Yeah. And that's why we just need to understand with like, John, you're saying it's more accessible now with ETFs. Mm. You know, if you fundamentally believe that the top 200 companies in Australia aren't going to be there in a couple of years, I think you've got bigger problems. Mm. And that's why we just need to understand. And this is the advantage, right? I want to just show you, Shell, a diagram here that we'll talk through. And I want everyone who's already pre-ordered a copy of the book and thank you for doing that, make a note of page. It's too big. Too much value in the book. You know, it's very hard to find the right diagram when there's so many great ones. <laughs> all right. You should use the index. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, all right. So, Shell, I want you to see that diagram there and just tell everyone what page number that is at the bottom. All right. It's page 177. Yeah. So, when you get the book, uh, page 177. Now, what I've shown you here, and I really didn't want this to be an an ad for the book, but see how there's A, B, C, and D. Mm. So see how the the share price of A is really high, mm. D is really low, mm. B and C. B and C are diversified funds. So investing in uh, Australia, international. So that's the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund, the Vanguard Diversified Balance Fund, I think. Either way, A is Commonwealth Bank. Mm-hmm. D is Westpac. Yeah. So my example here is we know that if you chose CBA Bank over the diversified fund, you would have done better. But the problem is if you pick the wrong bank, you would have done worse. Right. So that illustrates why it's just important to buy a basket of shares because it removes you from the process. It removes your... Error in yeah. choice, but it also, you know, the performance, the difference in performance is not that great. That's right. So, which means there's less risk. Mm. They're both squiggly lines moving upwards. That's right. <laughs> but That's this what is, I like to know. You know, when I might just, you know, all I want to know is, are they moving upwards? <laughs> That's right. But also, to your example with your friends who bought in the mining town, those outliers of CBA and Westpac, both banks, you could have picked the wrong bank could have picked the right bank. So with buying a home, you could have actually picked the right property to purchase and would have done really well or picked the mining town. Mm. And I guess that's why we want to have advice and the right advice as opposed to me just, you know, 
in error making my own just judgments in isolation. Yeah, so my blanket advice would be if you want to get started with investing in shares, you're really not worrying about single stocks. You just want to buy the basket or the ETF of a blended portfolio. Yep. Okay, question time. Okay, here's a question for you. You can both get a point. All right. <laughs> this is going to reveal <laughs> my lack of knowledge. Thank you. What is an ETF? Yeah, well, well I think we... Uh, Covered that before, didn't we? We um, didn't actually say what the acronym was. Yeah, that's what I want to know, the acronym. Oh, sorry. Okay, so, well, Glenn obviously knows the answer to this because he, he wrote a book and when you write a book, you're an intelligent person. <laughs> uh, it's an exchange-traded fund. Right. Yeah, so can you explain how that works, John? Not really, but okay. uh, basically taking a, a group of individual, well, sorry, individual shares or stocks, whatever you want to call them, and bundling them together to create a fund that you can invest in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's traded to buy units into that fund. You do it via the stock exchange, the ASX. Hence the traded word. Yes. Okay, cool. When did the language change from stock to share? Well, that's what I was just going to ask. Question, if I said shares stocks or equities, what's the difference between the three of them when we're talking about CBA shares or stock, a stock in CBA or CBA equities? What's the difference between the three? Yeah, see, in, in property world, I take equity as the value of something minus after the debt, mm. right? Or the difference between the value and the debt. Um, whereas the stock in shares is the actual whole asset. Mm. So I think stock and equities are different. Shell? Well, I have no idea. Yeah, so I'm just reading this glossary here that we've got a public company or group of public companies or part of an asset allocation. So for example, you could use, it's short answer is they're all the same. It's just potato, potato. So you could say, I've got a 20% allocation to Australian equities you could say I've got a 20% allocation to Australian stocks or I've got a 20% allocation to Australian shares. So why then is the word equities used? Because equities is ownership. So if I've got equity in something, Mm. I own that. Mm. So if I have equities, if I own Australian equities, it means I own Australian shares. Stocks is more of an American word, but I think you've picked up on it that Sometimes I might just use any of the three of them, depending Mm. on the setting. But yeah, equity, stocks and shares, same, same, same. Right. What about in the movies Mm. when you see people, John's like smiling, laughing, I feel like you know what I'm going to say. When you see them and they're, it's actually in Dark Knight and I haven't watched that movie in a while, it's the best, Dark Knight Rises. And they're in the um, stock exchange and everyone's screaming at each other. What's that about? John, do you know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though. Gets your adrenaline going, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So, so basically what an exchange is, so that's an exchange, a stock exchange right. or securities exchange. That's probably another one that you could add there. You could have equities, stocks, shares, securities. Yes. Like it's all the same. Okay. So, what are that people doing? Yes, exactly. Can I have a go at this first? Yeah, sure. Because I, I, I just think they're jumping around because – they're on the phone to people who are wanting to sell a certain stock or they're on the phone to people that are, want to buy a certain stock and they want it right now, 
not in 10 seconds, they want it now. So there's a rush and urgency. So before computers existed, if it was, it'd be like, let's just rewind and let's go out to Minyip where John's from and he goes to the cattle auctions, right? So everyone brings their cattle and stock in and we buy and sell and trade, right? And to do that, it's a manual process. Like, oh yeah, how much for this heifer and how much for this? And yeah. see, I know the words, yeah. don't yeah. I? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Maybe we can do a- uh, Yeah, I was thinking that. A, a farm. Uh, so I want you to take definition. the concept of John buying and selling his heifers and stock and- It's <laughs> a good example, the heifer. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then, so basically, John's yelling, um, anyone want to buy um, a ribeye heifer or something like that? Like, he's, he's flapping around and he's on the phone because he's got a buyer uh, or a seller. Like, anyone want to buy a heifer? Anyone buy a heifer? And then someone goes, yeah, 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 I've got someone here. So, the people on the floor are the brokers. So, they're at the market buying and selling on behalf of their clients. Sure. So, they're the brokers. So, the heifer brokers. Now- in theory, that doesn't happen anymore. It's all computerized. Ah. So it's it makes a, whole, a good movie though. It makes Off of Wall Street moment of yeah. people, yeah. you know, yeah. which yeah. great, great, two, two great films we've referenced today. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. So really, it doesn't mean anything. There might be some old school stuff happening, but theoretically, computers have done that. I think in my mind, my apprehension towards investing has always been this sense of the Wolf of Wall Street moment that someone's going to do something dodgy with my money and I'm going to lose out. And I think that's a genuine fear for people who are ignorant like me of there's an element of it feels like gambling or risk. So what are we, how do you help someone like me overcome that fear of the unknown? Where, and I guess that's why I go to the property thing of I own a house, so I already know a bit about that. Yes. And that's why I feel that's a safer route option. Yeah. Can, can I just say as well, I'm actually, from a personal note, I'm loving sitting here with this discussion because I've, there's actually part in the book, but isn't it like gambling? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, my, that's yeah. exactly right. So, this is interesting. So, if you got a phone call from out of the blue and said, oh, hey, Shell, it's Glenn here. I've got the best deal for you. We've got this new startup company. No one knows about it. We just need 30 grand. You know, we'll put it in there. We'll get you in before everyone else. It sounds sus. It sounds like that podcast, Who the Hell is Hamish? And you're going to con me out of all my money. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be considered speculative. Right. Because it's like, this guy's got this really good idea. He pumped up about it. Sure, I'll put some money in. Might not go anywhere. It might lose all my money because I was sold on the hype and it was highly speculative, which is almost like gambling. It's almost a game of chance. But I would say to you, Shell... If you buy the top 200 companies in Australia, which are companies like that list that we read, like Mm. Woolworths, um, BHP, ANZ, like all these top name brand companies, do do you fundamentally believe that in 10 years time or 20 years time, Woolworths will still be there? Do you fundamentally believe that CBA will still be there? Do you fundamentally believe that JB Hi-Fi will still be around? Mm. So... When we invest in those companies, it's not really gambling because we've got a company that's got a long-term track record. We've got a company that's making profit and you're just sharing in that profit. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's what you go, that example. And I even think about those companies you hear about that venture capitalists are investing in where there is that high risk, but they've got more money to spend as opposed to a person like me that's just an average person. Yeah. Yeah. Going into those trusted organisations and businesses that are longstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, it, it just comes down to that. I'm not investing in one single company. Because you just got to walk down the garden path. We know that investing in the person who calls us on the phone and it's all secretive, putting $10,000 in that is higher risk than putting $10,000 in CBA. We know that. We know if we go one step further, it's less risk to put $10,000 across 200 companies in Australia than just CBA. We know that. One step further, we know it's more diversified and probably less risk to spread over Australia, USA, and all around the world. Mm. So it's more this education piece that, and that's exactly why everything that you've mentioned, Shell, and I'll give you this to take home. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> it's the copy here that um, John was here the other day oh. and he's like, oh, I'll take one of these. I'm like, mate, I don't own any of them, but there was two that were left over that had faults in them. So you can have this one. I'd like that. Yeah, um, that's And I still don't get one. No. Nah. I need it for promo. Uh, (laughs) It's rubbish. um, But everything that I wrote this book for Shelley Johnson. For me. Well, that's right because a lot of my spending habits Mm. come out of fear or a lack of knowledge. Yep. Like the desire is there. I want to make money and grow Mm. my – I want to have options to retire But the lack of knowledge and fear factors influence me. Yeah. Isn't that so common? And, and you're not on your own when you say that. I'm, well, I'm glad to stand here in solidarity with, with a bunch of people who can so, <laughs> coach me through. I know we didn't cover as lot as, you know, all these other weird worlds, but I think it was still a useful chat. If I was to say to both of you, what is a passive investment? When we talk about investing in shares or we talk about investing in stocks, if we talk about investing in securities, we talk about investing in equities, you know, it's all the same. What would a passive investment be? Do you want to go first, Shell? No. no. Uh, look, I would, broadly speaking, I'd just say it's something that's left alone. You're not doing too much heavy handing with it. It's... It's not active. Mm. Yeah, a set and forget type investment. Would that be fair? I'll give you three quarters of a point. Oh. Um, a passive investment is a style. It's often referred to as index investing. So if we buy the fund that, and if you, everyone, if you just open Google now and type in um, A200, beta shares, that's a company called beta shares. They invest in the top 200. So that is an index fund and that uses a style called index investing, which is also passive investing. So it's like set and forget. Pretty much. I because just... you're not, they're not controlling it. They're just doing, you know, if CBA and BHP have a big year and they've got bigger, you'll automatically have more exposure to those two companies because it's just following the index. So how did I only get three quarters of a point for that? <laughs> because you didn't <laughs> reference the index fund. Right. Like you, you were there... <laughs> 
that you didn't. I reckon actually... I would have got a point. For yeah, it. a full point. <laughs> Shell, I'm I think it's give... a bit of unconscious bias. <laughs> I'm going to give you two points, Shell, just because John's been a bit cheeky with the back chat. There you go. The back chat. <laughs> didn't know it was Tony Barber here. So, and no one. Who's Tony? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say no one under 35 would know who that is. Or 45. Or 45. Gen, Gen yeah. X. But just on the share. He's a millennial. The, the individual Wait, stock. Are you? Are you? Oh, <laughs> no, he's a boomer. <laughs> Just on the individual stock thing. Yeah, I actually, and this isn't a recommendation for anyone out there, but I actually like putting a few bucks on a few stocks and see how they go and, yeah. and just see whether there's a green or a red each day when I check it. Yeah. On sports bet. <laughs> no, not on sports bet. No. Okay, um, no, but that's interesting you say that and I do that, um, like I invest in individual stocks, but I don't have more than 10% of my net worth mm. in individual stocks because the data shows over the last five years and you can look at it at spglobal.com, 80% of people didn't beat the market mm. when they went to like funds, professional fund managers, only 20% did more than the when they were dicking around themselves yeah. than just buying the index. Right. So that, that then leads us to what is an active investment okay. or an active fund. So that's when you're managing it yourself. I'll give you some points. Thank you. It's very generous of mm. you. You're a generous guy. And I haven't taken any points. Great. But I will take 100 from you for being sarcastic then. <laughs> no, I wasn't being, I was being oh, true. Okay, okay. You to give. That's right, your own that's statement. I, I would say that you have a part to play in what you want to invest in within that fund. Mm, no. <laughs> no points. No points. So an active <laughs> investment or an active fund, you've decided to put $1,000 in the Glenn James Investment Fund and I and my fund managers are choosing Where what to goes. invest in. And you're, it, you're saying that those ones, only 20% of people did better. Than, than the, the automatic in- ones, than the index. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And they'll charge more because right. they're- Because there's more touch points. It's more, yeah. Yep. So are they like your hedge fund managers? Yeah. Yep. Mm. A hedge fund's an active fund. So basically, well, we won't go there. It's way too complex. But effectively, so what they do is they go, hi, I'm Glenn James and I run the Australian Equities Glenn James Investment Trust. Mm. And the aim of my fund is to beat the market. So don't just invest in the top 200 by default. Mm. Come to me. I'll charge you a percent more, but I'm going to choose the different funds. And you know what? The index has four banks in it. We don't invest in banks because we think we can get more money by choosing funds ourselves. Mm. So right. it's active and their aim is to beat the index or their benchmark. Okay. So your superannuation, most of that is actively managed. So the oh. super funds. That's why you get slugged so much of a fee. And so that's, so I, <laughs> the funny part about this is mm. that's what I've been doing. I've been putting extra, I think it's like 5%. Of into super yep. over the last you know seven years, and someone's been managing that actively, but I would be in that twenty percent of people who haven't potentially been doing. <laughs> well, it depends what your fund is and what you're invested in, because um, in the book I show, share an example of a super fund that has one of the lowest fees in Australia, but if you invested in a fund within that fund and paid a higher fee, you would have got a higher return. 
Hmm. So it's, and it will explain to you why it's not about the cheapest fees with your manager. It's about what are they investing in and to what asset allocation. Mm. Right. And I'm sure we're not going there today, but like ethical investing as well is, is a part to play now and more people are worrying about that, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So it's a wild world out there um, and I think it's been almost an hour, so we need to probably wrap this up. But uh, do you have any final questions, Shell or John? I just think I'd be really interested to see the point score. <laughs> what, what was the final score? <laughs> you stole my question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Now um, I've got nothing. So, Shell, <laughs> I think you're dirty my floor, Shell, so you can take 50 points off. Your shoe's dirty so my floor. So, you've lost 150 points and there was only seven points given. So... <laughs> It's actually been a tie. <laughs> oh, come on. Now, John, you've won this round. You have to. <laughs> funny. I he, was walking around. I went angry. for my daily walk. I did that about six months ago. I remember he was off me. Yeah. He's so. a bit of a control freak. Especially he? when he has a maid. Yeah. No, she hasn't come because of shutdowns oh, and oh. lockdowns. So I'm the maid at the moment. Mm. Hey, um, this has been a really good chat and it, it is really for beginners and I must stress – Everything we've talked about is just covered in the book. And if you don't want to pay the money for the book, go on YouTube, we'll put the things in the show notes. And I will just say like people say, oh, it's a lot of self-promotion. Well, one, I don't actually get that much from the book. And two, we employ five people. So we need to make money to bring you this content. So just everyone chill out. Um, if you, But it's value. It is. Like you're not just flogging it. Oh, totally. And I think about how much money I've put into my own super and now I'm sitting here like, oh, mm. I'm in that 20% of people that probably has been worse off. <laughs> You're 30 years to retirement, yeah. <laughs> I know, that's right. But it's really good to know. Yeah. So It's not gambling. Yeah. It's not. No. Because gambling is a game of chance and by me putting money into quality companies with a long track record, don't know if that's a game of chance. Yep. Unless you're putting money into a speculative stock with no track record with just an idea so all right friends thank you so much for um joining us today remember free resources in the show notes and um everything we've covered is in the book sort your money out and get invested thanks so much bye bye Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.